Hey, how's it going? Hey, Brandon, how you doing, man? Doing good, doing good. Oh, man, how's uh, how's 2022 treating you? About the same as 2021. And I don't mean like, oh, it's beating me up. It's just like... I expected things to like pick up at a fast pace once the new year rolls around. And that may be a, like an issue on my part, but like, it's just like any other day, any other year. What do you mean? Are you talking about like clients or are you talking about like your own personal sort of like goals and, and what are you, what are you getting at? I'm just talking about life in general. I feel mm-hmm. like once the quarantine happened, everything kind of slowed down. Mm. Oh, um, is Philly quarantine right now? It's not quarantine anymore, but, it's just it's it's so weird. It's not back to normal yet, and the question is, will it will it ever get to a level where you're like, all right, this is normal, mm. or is this the new normal? Like, is this as much uh, socializing as much mm. basically close to normal will, that we will ever be? Like, is Corona just here to stay forever? Well, um, well <laughs> I think this is going to be a topic today. <laughs> I mean, it always is. But uh, um, yeah, Pfizer is trying to package. They're working on pills and they're working on trying to package the yearly flu vaccine with a Corona vaccine. So like this is a yearly thing, not to mention it's now like a for profit. Yeah. And it's it's so. I'm ready. So I feel like, so like, what's your best case scenario for the whole situation involving COVID and everything? All right. Well, so news, some news. Um, I was, yeah, I, I love New Year's. I get, I make goals and resolutions and I plan the shit out of it. And January 2nd, I get COVID. Oh my God. Yeah. So that was, that was my start to 2022. And, um, I'm, a, you know, not a lot of people listen to this, so whatever. I'm just going to be completely, brutally fucking honest. I don't care what people, you know, think, judge. Um, I went, um, I went with a shit ton of vitamin D3 and ivermectin, that fucking horse armor thing. And I was working out in three days. I like, I ran a five, I ran a 5K, um, yeah. like from like, so I got it like Sunday and then Thursday I ran a 5K. So, you know, and there was a little bit of tiredness afterwards, but I was also like working the entire time, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I mean, it wasn't that, and I'm okay. Like the guesses it's, it was probably Omicron, right? My mother who got both like the two shot, the two Pfizer shots and two boosters also got it, got it before I did actually. So Everyone, everyone fucking got it. it from like Christmas through the first week or so, like the amount of people that I know, like that contracted it wild. So like, I think, I hope that Omicron is actually the end of it or just builds up this immunity for a lot of people, but I'm not convinced that the narrative is going to stop. Yeah. <laughs> if, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Even yeah. if the cases fall tremendously, it's so stigmatized. So like I put up a, a picture because i was like again like i got back to normal really fast i just like loaded up on fucking vitamins and then you know kept work and i guess like i'm not fucking out of shape or not that out of shape um but i had uh people like message me on instagram and stuff like well uh 
and they're like, you don't really believe that. Like, I'm like, believe what? What are you talking about? Like that, you know, the ivermectin works. I was like, like, I don't know. Maybe it's fucking placebo, but I, all I can tell you is I got better. Like that's a fact. <laughs> so, um, so that was that experience. What's funny is that I ended up getting the vaccine like now <laughs> after the fact, even though I don't pretty sure I don't need it. Um, just so I can, cause I planned on it regardless to start traveling and doing things. So, so this is interesting yeah. um, because you said it feels like everyone got Corona at the same time. Mm-hmm. This is true. Well, yeah, this is basically true. Um, so for new years, I went down to DC, um, to hang out with friends and we, we got we purchased tickets for this um, this New Year's event, the Gaylord Hotel, and so it was this giant event. And so they um, like planned this event, sold the tickets before Omicron was like a problem. Mm-hmm. And so all my when we got down there, all my friends were surprised. They were like, "Hey, I'm surprised they didn't cancel us because this is basically a super spreader event." Mm-hmm. So like we're having fun the entire weekend, and we're just saying like we are we are sure that we're all going to have COVID after this weekend and we're fine with that. And so we get to the Gaylord event. They told, they didn't check vaccination status. They just said, Hey, if you're not drinking um, or mm-hmm. eating, you need to wear your mask. That went out the window so fast. No one cared. And so mm-hmm. basically upwards of a thousand plus people in just in this giant hotel with giant ballrooms, um, just having fun. And so th- that was my bit of normal leading into the new year. And I was like, wow, this feels great to just yeah, dude, let it, loose. It, I mean, I understand how dangerous it is. And there's a good probability of, you know, like complications and nobody fucking knows. Right. There, there's all of that stuff. But how this is what this is year going on year two, three, whatever. I don't know. Like at a certain point, I just want to live life. That's the thing. So, so. We got, everyone got back and we said, all right, everyone monitor um, to see how everyone feels. Mm-hmm. And so the funny thing is, I came back and I was like, hey, maybe I shouldn't hang out with my girlfriend for some time because, hey, because mm-hmm. she didn't come down with me. Right. Well, she had her own COVID incident at work. And so her roommate tested positive for COVID. Mm-hmm. And so she needed a place to quarantine. So we, me and her took the one of the rapid tests mm-hmm. and it came back negative for both of us. So she... Oh, wow at my place so have you have you gotten covid yet that's well that's the great question let's continue the story okay okay. i tested negative um all my friends got pcr tests and they all tested positive well one of them tested negative but most of them tested positive Mm -hmm. after that new year's uh new year's eve weekend that week my throat felt weird but that's that's what started for me Yes. And I didn't know if it was because I was screaming all weekend or not. And so <laughs> that week after New Year's, that was the, the best I ever felt. Like the gym didn't feel rough anymore. Uh-huh. I was like, if this is COVID. I'm, I'm sorry to say, but like. It's not that bad. <laughs> besides, besides the sore throat that would only irritate me if I was sleeping. Mm-hmm. Or if I didn't drink any uh, liquids in a long time because it was just like a very dry throat. I didn't mm-hmm. have to cough. I didn't have fatigue. I didn't have any like a runny nose. And so um, went through that whole week, felt fine. Girlfriend finished her quarantine at my place, went back to her place. And then I got the booster the very next week. Mm-hmm. And so 
I had already planned to get the booster, but I was just right. like, you're yeah, like, what's the, what's the point of this? Yeah, thing. Because yeah. I, I was like, did I have COVID this week and then got the booster the following week? Am I like super immune now? Like, <laughs> well, so the thing is, is that Omicron went out before that second booster became available, yeah. and so like they in next month or the month whatever like i don't know i'm not 100 percent sure because i'm not following it that closely but pfizer's releasing an omicron booster yes i see that it's, it's in march or may yes yeah so that's a, i mean and by that point everyone's gonna fucking have it. it's fucking pointless but um i mean i'm saying it's pointless but like there are still people who do not go outside like you know and, and it's that's their prerogative but like the thing yeah. it's weird now where it's like okay so the narrative on the narrative in the news is always like and okay it's 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 so crazy how the shift happened so uh, at the gym when we first came back everyone had masks on and we were super strict because we're like hey wear that properly you're keeping us safe you're keeping yourself safe you're keeping us open mm-hmm. now like my mindset my mindset has shifted to like well this is uh, you hate to say it this is dumb and the narrative <laughs> being uh pushed on the news is like panic despair like it it doesn't match with your day-to-day reality and you live and you live in the city like like they tell like they say oh record-breaking numbers and i was like wait a minute how where who where are these numbers coming from who are the record breakers like because either the population has had covid already or they are uh vaccinated so it's like when you Mm -hmm. say record-breaking numbers should i be afraid is it So some interesting things, right, about the statistics around, like, one, hospitalizations didn't, you know, go up significantly. Like, there were just a lot more cases. Um, And then the this assumption that the entire country is vaccinated is just wrong. Like, you can look at the you can look at the numbers. I think it's uh, I think it's like 60 percent, if I'm not mistaken, which if. 40% 40% or whatever is still not vaccinated, then and the hospitalization numbers aren't going up, it makes whatever, at least this variant, not that big of a deal, even though there's a lot more people getting it. You there, Brandon? Yeah, I'm, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah. yeah, so like, I I think this is I think this is the end. <laughs> That's how I feel about it. Well, it's the sh- the mindset shift is so crazy. Like one of my clients uh, is a is a neurosurgeon, so she works in a hospital. Like she deals mm-hmm. with these cases and just the the load of just having corona everywhere, or just just having so many people coming in. Mm-hmm. She was saying like half the most of the people that come in are unvaccinated, and she was like, "Well, if you're not going to get vaccinated right now, you can just go." And she was like, "You hate to say it, but you can just go die." And I was like, uh-huh. "That's." <laughs> That's such a shift from what like doctors and nurses are yeah. taught. It's like, hey, save everyone. But now, with this situation, it's like save the smart people or save the ones. Yeah, that- it's, it's it's a little it's a little it's a little fucked up to put that out there, right? Like this, uh, it's a this blatant game, this scapegoating, and it's all very human. I get it, but like, um, yeah. And each country is handling it differently. Like, uh, mm-hmm. I forgot where it's at, but their healthcare system is free. And so if you catch COVID and you need treatment, um, they make you pay out of pocket because they're like, hey, you have something there that should help you. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
and you are blatantly not getting the help. So why should we give you that free health care anymore? Like, why should we waste our time? Yeah. <laughs> There's, I don't know, man. I don't, I, I can't even comment because like, you know, I, I, people have, it, it, the conversation boils down to people's ability to choose what's best for them based off the information that's out there. Like, and for a lot of people, for a lot of our friends and just, you know, like it's, that's not, that's not what it, it's, you know, it's public safety. It's for, it's fuck what you think, fuck what you feel, stop thinking, do the right thing. Right. Even if the right thing doesn't always make sense. So I don't know. I don't know. So, I mean, like my best case scenario for the whole COVID situation is, mass become uh just like human nature now like yeah have it in your back pocket yeah i always carry like i always carry masks now like everywhere yeah yes but everyone is mostly vaccinated and so like you'll go into a place maybe they won't even have to ask anymore it'll just be like like you'll just naturally walk in with your mask you'll sit down take off your mask when you get up to go to the bathroom you'll put on your mask like that's (laughs) that just become the habit and you're like why am I even doing this anymore? And it's like, because this is the new normal. Well, I think Philly is a little bit more extreme than like uh, Austin here. Yeah. Right. Oh. So it's gotten it since like Christmas, since like Omicron really like took off. Um, things have reverted back and they're, they are similar to what you're describing um, where like, but right before Christmas. Um, yeah, like grocery stores, no one's wearing masks. Like there are concerts, there's all sorts of shit that's going on where, you know, people are living, people are living life. And, you know, uh, again, looking at the numbers, it wasn't like the population here was hit harder than the population that was right. It's, it's just, it's pretty much all the same. So, Mm -hmm. um, all right, yeah. So, so that happened. Uh, COVID. Yes. Um, I, I do. Th- I, I want to put into that. So, in the beginning of quarantine, Donald Trump was like, uh, "We are finding more COVID cases because we're testing. Stop testing, and you won't find them." And everyone <laughs> fucking yeah. destroyed him for that. And so, the NFL in- implemented a new policy because after like Omicron like hit America or hit mm-hmm. the states, the yeah. NFL got like ravaged by. Um, everyone was getting taken out. And so they changed their policy to say, if you're not showing symptoms, you don't need to get tested. And so it, it, it was kind of like along the lines of like, hey, if you're not testing, you won't find any issues. That's fine. That's that's I, I mean, I guess that's an approach to keep games going. Um, yep. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, so. One of the things, so this was not the only fucked up thing that like happened to me over the course of January. January's been rough. Like, like I said, I, I had plans to kind of kick things in motion with goals and like object, whatever. Like, I was going to do like a hundred days of coding, a hundred like re- record podcasts much more frequently, like all sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, so COVID fucked things up. And I've been trying to continue my like 5K training. Um, then I had like a week where honestly, like, so I felt good, but then the following week I started feeling more tired, but it could have been like the work hours I was putting in. Um, and then, uh, this week, (laughs) uh, this week, 
so you know how you had a you had your story with the de- deodorant yeah yeah well uh i found a i found a lump and got bigger <laughs> and uh uh i was like all right well i guess i should go check out that it's not cancer yes I'm gonna try to avoid you know it, it, like getting too specific where the, where the lump is but okay. you know yeah you could probably use your imagination there um and uh so I go, I go to the, you know, uh, and, uh, the doctor, she's like, no, not, not cancer, but like, it's, uh, um, gotta, gotta, gotta drain it. <laughs> and, oh and, my I'm, God. and I'm, and I'm like, I'm like, you were just like, okay, all right. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I fucking did it right in that. This is like middle of my work day. Um, did it right there. And then you know, I'm like, there's like needles involved or whatever. And like, it gets done. And part of it was like, uh, she's like, all right, well, like the wounds open, but like, you gotta like have it stay open yes. and you got, and you got, and you got to pack it. Like, yes, you know what, yes. Do you know what that means? Yes. He packed, <laughs> okay. it, he packed mine. Yes. Yes. It, okay. It took me, it took me, it took me several minutes to comprehend what packing means. Cause I was, I was, just, I was in disbelief. Right. Yes. I was like, okay. And then she gives me like the like these Q tips basically, and like some of that packing. She's like, "You're gonna have to like do this again." Do this yourself, really? Yeah, dude. And so I like I wasn't fucking with it yesterday, and this morning I'm like, and she's like, "Yeah, you can like shower, blah blah blah." And this morning I was like, "All right, fuck, fuck, let me fucking do it, dude." I felt like motherfucking Rambo, dude. <laughs> um, <laughs> yo. This was this was insane, absolutely insane. Who, who like tells their like he's like yeah go ahead and push into your open wound. Oh dude, I was this is like next level fucking pain, and I'm just like I and I'm supposed to do it again. I'm like no, <laughs> this is it. That's, this is fucking it. That's crazy that it happened to you. So I'll give you uh, my story on that because I, I would assume mine was worse than yours because I just waited so long. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, it was a cyst under my armpit that grew so large I couldn't put down my arm. Mm. I was contem- contemplating cutting into it myself because I just said, hey, if I could just relieve some pressure, yeah, it can probably go away by itself. Uh, finally go to the emergency care where she's like, all right, I'm going to cut this bad boy open um, and drain it. And so she numbed me. So I like when she cut it yeah. open, it I didn't, didn't, you didn't feel anything. Yep. I didn't Same. feel anything, but I didn't understand how it would look like. I thought she just like, it was like legit a, uh, if you could imagine uh, like a hot dog under the skin, smaller than a hot dog, but like, it was like, like a cylinder across mm-hmm. my, so I thought she just like cut the top of it, like something like that. Um, but she just cut like a hole in the side and was just like pressing from there. Yeah. Said, hey, this is going to, I drained as much as I could. It's going to drain some more. And so I'm going to pack it. Yeah. And I couldn't see any of this because it was under my armpit, but it, yeah. she grabbed a long gauze and then it just disappeared like a magic trick. And I was like, where the fuck is that? <laughs> Yo, so I wasn't looking during the whole thing. I just, I, I get, I, I mean, I get fucking squeamish. So I didn't look at all. I only found out way afterwards what I happened. Could look, and even though she numbed me to like cut into me, and that was fine, yeah. the pressing into me, like she had to press. Oh, you felt that? I yeah. armpit, and I felt that, and it was just like the most pain ever. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but she said, all right, uh, leave it in there. Uh, in like 48 hours, you can shower. They need to come back if not looking better. And so waited like 48 hours, 24 hours, left the gauze in there. Then I finally took it off. Mm-hmm. I like, pack it. And my God, did it stink. I was like, yeah. is my arm about to fall off? <laughs> Dude, it is, it is gnarly. It is it, gnarly what like, ugh, but. It, well, let's, let's branch off from this topic and talk about, well, it, it's going to connect into this, but. Okay. So you, you saw the lump and you went right to the doctors. Yeah. After two days or so. Right. So like I felt it and I was like, oh, maybe like it's an ingrown hair or some shit. Mm-hmm. Like, and then it doubled in size and then doubled in size. <laughs> it was like, fuck me. Like, yes, this is cancer. And so is our, so my girlfriend made a joke. She was like, I'll probably end up living longer than you. And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, uh, <laughs> do you remember your incident? I was like, yeah, but like, so I had that problem and i waited two weeks oh shit <laughs> in those two weeks i stopped eating i had a raging headache my blood pressure was super high and i just did not feel good and i was like hey dude, dude COVID. Uh, you really don't like the doctors that and that's and the, the question is are men stupid so like when, mean, when you yeah get, no no doubt okay Yes, yeah. But uh, well, my case, but like maybe I'm just a special case. Maybe everyone else is actually not as stupid as I. No, I I think there's just a general sort of notion of like, is this a priority? Will this go away? Like, I think a lot of people when they notice anything that's different, they're like, oh shit, let me go fucking figure this out, you know? Whereas like, you know, something's off and you're just like, hmm, let's see if it's there tomorrow. Yes. So you are so for most of life you're on autopilot and then when you notice something different about your body you're like wait a minute was this always there and so (laughs) yeah when that happened i was like wait a minute has this is this worse because like it has happened before in my life because like i had reactions to like certain deodorants and they always went away so i was like is this worse than the past or the same and so based off past experiences it's a time thing. So I was like, all right, I'll just wait a few days and see what happens. And then when it gets to the point where you're like, I'm going to have to cut into my arm and that's painful. Then it's like, eh, maybe it's time to go to the doctors. Yeah. I mean, there's just, uh, there's, there's also like the opposite extremes too, where people overreact to the smallest thing. Right. Like, mm-hmm. like for example, and again, I, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a registered nurse. So, I don't know, but I've I've certainly met plenty of people that rush themselves to the hospital where they don't really need to. You know what I mean? And so, like, I'm sure there are people who were like were breathing just fine, had no serious like COVID complications. You know what I mean? Who were just like, mm-hmm. oh, I got it, I'm gonna die. And go with the you know what I mean? And they rush that's, in. And that's the and that's the other word. Not to harp on COVID too much, but that's the yeah. other thing. It they basically tell you that every symptom is COVID. And so whenever you fill off, you're like, fuck, this is it. It's mm-hmm. so, right. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, and then of course, like when it comes to death, death is very difficult to like, there's never one reason that somebody dies usually, unless they're like shot. <laughs> like, but then even then, like you were shot, but like, why did you actually die? Cause like this part of your body got severed or like done. You know what I mean? Like, yeah there's like layers to why you passed away and you know at the end they just write one thing on there but um you know it could be 
a bunch of different things. It could be a bunch of different things that caused it. And then like, you know, COVID was the thing that pushed it over or like, you know, um, who knows, but not who knows, but what I'm trying to get at is, is like, that was the, the data, even after all this time, the data is still very messy. Um, so you're just like, there's this assumption is like, well, the deaths are accurate. I mean, I know people that have passed away, right? But like, um, I don't know anybody under the age of 40. Uh, I know of people. So one per one of the Penn students, uh, well, one of the kid, oh, oh, one of the members at the gym who was on the younger side died from COVID. When when was this? Was this early on, or is this like later? This was early on in the pandemic. So this was right before. This is right before um, they like released the vaccine, and you had to like actually wait for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so con- uh, knew about him, and then just was reading articles about uh, COVID, and they explained like, hey, he was waiting to get the shot. He contracted COVID right before he was going to get the shot, and then he was on. He went to the hospital and was on like a. Um, one of those breathing things for quite some time. Yeah. Um, so like, that's the youngest person I know and the closest it has been to me, like uh, COVID and death. Uh, right. Like my, all my friends got it. They're all fine now. One of them lost his taste, but it's back now. So that was the most drastic uh, thing I have heard from COVID. Everything else is just like, Oh yeah. I just felt like sleepy for a few days and everything. Yeah, yeah, I felt there again that tiredness, sore throat. I did lose my smell, but only for like a day, and then it came back. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. COVID. Um, right. What do you? I think you had like a list of topics you wanted to get into last time. You want to get into some of those? Yes. So let's go into this topic first because so uh, talking about relationships, mm-hmm. uh, I will uh, set this. Uh, so we know uh, stars in space live for a long time. Through nuclear fusion, they are constantly generating tons of energy. This process stops when a big enough or strong enough star produces iron. Once iron is introduced into the equation, the star is basically doomed. The once sufficient energy production no longer works, and while the star doesn't die instantly, what has been done cannot. What has been done slash introduced cannot be done. And so stars, they are just making shit all the time. Once you get the iron, you can't get past that. And so they get to a point where they run out of their efficient energy to go on. And so let's match that or let's uh, put that framework onto a relationship. Yeah. What is the iron that was in your relationship? What was introduced that just stopped it from progressing? Yeah, I think I think there were a couple things, but the most, you know, the most obvious bit of you know uh, do i want to call it toxicity i don't know i i I, i'm not sure if i'm ready to jump on that word but i'll i'll go with iron it was um that i needed a family and and my partner didn't understand and didn't the, the that lack of empathy towards how this was important to me and not just like not you know and it's it's not it's not always about just hey like because that's what a lot of the conversations turn into they were like repetitive conversations um where 
you know, well, this is my point. This is my point of view. This is my perspective, that kind of thing. Um, my world wasn't changing and I wasn't feeling like I was getting the love and attention that I needed. Like the, I didn't get the empathy towards how I was feeling, you know? And, and so for me, it was, it was that. And, 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 but you know, the way that you phrased it, like when was the iron first introduced? It was actually probably before that. Like when, when I reflect further, I'm like, there was, um, you know, the events through the, through the wedding and then like afterwards and like, they're just other like random things. And you realize that, that, that pattern sort of always existed there until you achieve critical mass (laughs) and Mm. the star exploded. Yes. Because, so I'm in a relationship right now and things are going great, but you tend to see that humans are very weird in the way that they like define or view things. And so while I may view in an event as this, she views it as that. And because Mm -hmm. of that difference, usually that leads to problems. Um, Now, these problems are usually not big to me because, hey, I'm on the nonchalant side. I'm more like, hey, go with the flow. And I don't take things too seriously. She, on the other hand, takes things very seriously. And so things that may be benign to me become big problems to her. And then my nonchalantness to those issues makes it even worse. Mm -hmm. It's like you don't care. Yes. From her her point of view. I don't care, but it's, it's more... Okay, so yes, at the end of the day, it's yes, I don't care, but it's like, I just don't think it's something to, it's like spilled milk. It's no reason to cry over it. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, we, we have to talk about stoicism at some point, but go yeah. on, go on. Yes. And so, like, uh, my love for her hasn't changed, but as we go on, it's like, these were like, okay, like the, I'll give you a real world example. Uh, so Friday, usually... I'm dead from the week and I'm just doing mindless things at work. And so I usually forget to uh, text her or check in mm-hmm. and that makes her very angry. So like she was upset yesterday cause she was like, Oh, you didn't text me. And I was like, um, mm-hmm. I was at work and she was like, Oh, so I guess you didn't want to talk to me. And I was like, okay. But like when you are at work, sometimes you have to do work things. And yeah. so there should, be, there should be a time when I'm exempt from like the craziness and like mm-hmm. I would say maybe when I'm at work that would be a good time um, so I think there's a couple things here like my my from what I'm hearing right like one I where I thought you were going with with that initially is not where it kind of ended up so I think that uh, I, I like this iron analogy, right? Sometimes yeah. that sometimes that iron that that builds up is something that is, you know, you 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 use communication as much as you can to help remove it. Essentially, I feel like communication was what removed. So you think you can because I don't think we've reached a point where iron has been introduced. We just it could be it could be well. This is what I was saying before with with my situation mm-hmm. is that it at a certain point it hit a tipping point and then it became really hard to manage but when you look back you notice patterns that were always present do you know yeah. what i mean 
Yes. So sometimes it is those little things that if you do not both acknowledge them, accept them, they will continue. And then there'll be a, a crutch against which like conflicts occur that don't make any sense. Um, so if, I mean, I think I told you about the eight dates, just phenomenal fucking book. Highly, mm-hmm. highly recommend. Um, but when it, and I, I told you about the, uh, yeah, we did talk about the, the watching TV late at night, like there, people have different love languages for her. It's sort of like affirmation and getting, you know, I think almost all women kind of like that, you know, you should message and let them know, especially once you're in the relationship, I mean, like before they, they don't, <laughs> but like once you're in the relationship, they want you to, uh, let them know that you're thinking about them and you can think of that as like you know even though you may not need that like if that's important for them and you can oblige you can you can do that right yeah but you could also sit down and have a conversation about hey like this is how this behave this thing like i want to show you the like and you have to think for yourself like what really works versus what you know is inconvenient for you but if it's something where like hey this this isn't what I let's okay. Oh, sorry. I'm not making sense. People need different things out of a relationship. Like you need certain things. She needs certain things. Right. Yeah. And some, when they're not the same thing, like that's where it gets kind of weird. Cause you're like, you're, you're like, you're expressing love to the other person, but you're not feeling, it's not mutual. It's not, it's not, it's not that thing that you feel at the same time. Like if you're having sex and like you're experiencing the same love at the same time, right? But if you're just taking up the garbage or whatever else, like that might be how she appreciates you. And like, you know, um, but you can go and tell her, like, I think some communication needs to happen about that Mm -hmm. where it's like, you know, I, I, need you i don't know man i don't know it's different i don't know i don't know your relationship well enough to even to even to even go there but like you know i don't know is it inconvenient for you is it that like it's not inconvenient so like again i am very go with the flow and so rarely do i get upset because i'm just like well like what's the point of that and so Mm -hmm. um like whenever it happens I always make sure to apologize and say, Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't even notice that you were upset. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, like I'm not doing this out of spite. Like I'm not, I don't hate you. And so my goal right now is to get her to understand that, Hey, when I don't um, act a certain way that you are expecting, don't instantly sh- um, shut yourself off and get upset. Just be like, this man's an idiot. Let me make it clear to him. Mm-hmm. Um, because what she'll do is she'll just get upset and then make herself even more upset. And then she goes down this, she starts to spiral basically. Yeah. And my issue is like, what is this, like, what is this spiraling for? Cause it, she spirals for, for so many different reasons. Mm-hmm. And it, that's the part that's hard for me to understand. Cause I'm just like, well, let's just take a step back and think about it logically. And then maybe we won't have this spiral effect, but, Again, who am I to tell her not to spiral? I don't know what she has been. Yeah, and, and, it, and it won't even be received well. I'm yes, sure. it won't be received well. So my goal is just to make her understand, like, hey, 
like shit happens sometimes and we are going to hate it but that does not mean take it out on the people who are actively trying to just be with you and just enjoy your company i think that's probably what you just said there that's probably the that may be the best that you can do which is to express hey this is how your actions make me feel like if you stonewall me or if you get moody you're you're impacting my day for something that um like i'm not i want to make you happy and i love you i want you to know that but i am not exclusively responsible for for making sure that you're happy every day like you that's that's on you yeah like she like so friday she didn't have work so i'm guessing she just was bored and i was just like but i'm but i'm at work (laughs) right um but no it's it's fine we're gonna go out to dinner tonight um maybe go out to grab some drinks with a friend and we'll see how that goes um but like there are more positive than cons like she is slowly becoming better like we we started working out together and for Mm -hmm. a while it was like very rough and i was just like you're making working out not fun but we have smoothed that over because it it just takes her you just got to explain these things multiple times and then sooner or later she'll like sometimes she understands she's like okay i'm being um yeah i'm being um what would be the best word for it irrational i'm being irrational let me just take a few steps back and she still may have those thoughts but she doesn't uh, share with the class and ruin the the mood of everyone. Yeah, it's 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 tricky, man. And I th- and I think that um, I am learning more and more about the type of relationship I want, and I'm setting. I'm you know, I've regained some of my confidence and value in myself, mm-hmm. and with that, I'm also realizing, you know what, I want, I want the type of relationship where I can be myself and have and experience empath- empathy like from that person and and like one of the funny things about empathy is that you and you know it might be something like I might be communicating from her point of view right now where sometimes you kind of need your other to read your mind a little bit like Mm -hmm. i know that you know that's we can't read each other's minds right so that's why communication is really important it's important to tell your partner and like hey i'm upset whatever sometimes right but sometimes you want to feel like they're looking at you and they're paying attention and you know like they flip a coin and once in a while go what's wrong you know Mm -hmm. and um, so I know that like, again, this is me reflecting. I wasn't getting enough of that, but I want that. I want like someone with that kind of growth. I don't know, man, there's, there's all these different properties, but like you, once you start to kind of picture it, it just becomes so much easier to just be like, you're not the one, you're not the one, you know well, what I mean? Well, that's a great question. So when we used to train together, we would always talk about, uh, what's the best way to phrase it like figuring out who you are like you mm-hmm. as a person like figuring out what you want to do what you like um basically w- like what's the purpose of your life now when it comes to relationships and you're saying hey um you need to go into it with like this venting process because you're like hey i want this i want that now is that something you should 
strive for on your first relationship? Or no. is it good to have relationships that fail because it tells you, hey, this is what I want versus what I don't want? Like, which, what, what do you, you think is the most efficient way to go about this? Definitely have as many relationships as you can. Okay. Yeah. I mean, then that's the thing. And it feels a little bit cruel, but, like, I don't, you know, like... But yeah, having having a lot of relationships and learning because learning what works, what doesn't like, I don't know, like that's, you know, that's one of my faults. Like I wasn't in a lot of relationships like this one was obviously by far the longest, but also the most serious and all like it was a lot and a lot was figured out over the course of, of the relationship. But over the course of it, you kind of also figure out more about who you are. Like the ideal is you do know, you know, who you are to an extent and what makes you happy and what things you're not willing to compromise on. Like what things you are, you're like, this is me. This is, this is the, the, the bottle of wine that you're getting. Like, I know it's a little sour in parts, but like, you got to enjoy it. Or if you don't enjoy it, you know, I'm not going to try to change or explain it to you. Yeah. I think the multiple relationships is a way to go because let's say you are super selective your vetting processes are so extreme sometimes you get into that situation where it's like well no one reaches your bar no one is ever good enough because you can always think of another thing that someone needs to uh do or accomplish before you say all right that person's good enough and so it's like how do you where's the middle ground at should you be should you set the bar super high when should you lower the bar when should you settle when shouldn't you settle like yeah, um, I think that when it comes, I think there's a difference between marriage and relationships. Okay. I think you can have a very happy and healthy relationship that's where you're you're not settling because you're not. How do I put like those requirements for finding the per? It's it's got you just gotta find the person that you know is going to you don't know but you think is going to make you happy long term. I think we talked about this before, but like I generally now don't think that marriage is really worth it unless you're planning to start a family. In which case like it you you don't want to you want to give you want to give your your kid or kids normal, right? You don't want to just be like, "Well, I have these values." So <laughs> now you're dealing with this weird like thing where you can't explain that your mom and dad are not married or whatever. Just, you know, whatever. It's traditional. Um, but if you're not then you can be partners and you can be partners for as long as it works. And as long as the two of you are happy together, the the thing about like commitment though, is that that it, it's, it's a funny word. Like, cause that, that is what I, that was the foundation of my relationship. I was committed. Um, you, you have to know, where to stop giving and not lose yourself in the process and but at the, you, you get commitment with marriage and with a regular relationship you get a more you get more balance but you know it depends who you're with like the other person might want quote-unquote stability and stability for them means that they don't have to worry about you know you leaving them potentially or leaving them easily, <laughs> I guess. Right. And it's kind of fucked up. Cause you know, if, if the if two people aren't making each other happy, then the, or you change, right. 
you find out that you, you know, you wake up, you're 40 years old and you're like, wow, I've built my entire life based on the definition of success that my parents instilled in me or my community instilled in me. And, um, and now I realize I don't give a fuck and I'm going to go sail the world. You know? Yeah. Relationships are just weird to me. And it may be, um, like based on my upbringing and like my relationship with like my family. Um, cause like we were talking last night, me and my girlfriend. And so I was walking to her house and I bumped into a friend from college and that friend was like, Hey, it's my birthday weekend. You should come out with me. And so I told my girlfriend about this, said, Hey, you should come out with us. And she, her, her response was like, friend, why have you never mentioned her before? And I was like, uh, cause we haven't hung out in a while. And she was like, then how is she your friend? Uh, yeah, I've went, through, I've went through that. Yeah. So she's not, she's not jealous, but it's just, um, it's, it's, it's jealousy. It's jealousy. It's, it's, the, it's it, no. So the, my question is when you are getting into a relationship with someone, are you looking for someone who views the world the same as you or similar to you? Cause like mm. some of the time, some of my definitions for things don't settle well with her. Like I was like, oh, we have a new maintenance guy at the gym and he's my friend. And she was like, he's not your friend. I was like, what do you mean? She's like, I was like, I talk to him more than I talk to anyone. She's like, that doesn't make he that doesn't make him your friend. I was like, in my book it does because like I don't talk to anyone. So like so like it's some ways I view things where she's like, no, that's not how that's not how those that's not how life works. Yeah. Work. <laughs> and I'm just like, nah, nah, that's how they work. But it's just like um so so basically try to summarize it like when you're going into a relationship how do you figure out if you and that person view the same social constructs the same and is it a problem if you don't yeah yeah i think i i think i understand what you're getting at so i again believe that different people can match up and have a long-term successful relationship and need very different things than another couple i'll give you an example imagine two people who are both you know emotionally kind of dense um and are extreme traditionalists i'm just painting this picture for you right like they're both and they're like we're our strong belief in God mean, you know, we're going to, we're going to stick by this. We're going to raise great children and then we're going to get satisfaction by having lived this way. That could work. It fucking does. Um, and then you can have a, you can have a relationship where one person has uh, different needs than the other person that can be difficult and what you're getting at is like that so that like worldview, right? How similar should your worldview be? I think the closer they are, the easier it is. But I don't think it's required. I think that it's possible to love somebody that has very a very different perspective that you completely disagree with that you might think is dumb or you might think is naive or whatever um and still love them because because they give you the attention 
and the respect for your opinion. So mutual respect can, can make those types of disagreements be disagreements about like a third thing, like a, like an outside topic, right? We can talk about politics, completely disagree, but then we're like, you know, whatever, now we're done talking about politics. Now we're going to go back to loving one another. If, if the couple is able to do that, then you don't need to be on the same page, but like, you know, I'm not going to lie. Like now, like when I think about like, what kind of person do I want to be with? Boy, is it like appealing to be with somebody who is somewhat, you know, self-made or had gone through hardships. Like I'm like, I being with someone who's had like a super easy ish, easy ish, right. Life. I'm like, that's going to be harder to connect. We're not going to see eye to eye uh, on a lot of things like right out of the gate, you know? Um, um, it's it's one of the things I that that was definitely a thing in my previous relationship. Like Sam and I were very different on a lot of our worldviews, and we'd eventually come around to a lot of things. And it and I wouldn't say that was the iron in the relationship. Like that wasn't our disagreements about worldview was not the thing that like made it difficult for me. Okay. I can't I can't speak for her. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so it depends. <laughs> it depends. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I don't oh, know. I mean, you. I, yeah. Back in the day, we mentioned this, or we talked about like a, uh, a, a spectrum where it's like you could be different, but you need to be different at the same level that yes. they are, so like in the positive or negative, and yes. that what makes it work. Yes, exactly right. Exactly right. Yeah. Um, like I think the comparison was like it, super masculine, super feminine yeah. go together, and yeah, tends to. Yeah, I think that does tend to work out more, but you both, I think the, I think the most important thing to a relationship now, and it's really fucking hard, but like knowing yourself is probably foundational to any really serious long-term relationship. The more, the more you know about yourself, the easier it is to know when the relationship's going in the wrong direction. Mm, That makes sense. Well, the beginning stages of relationships are weird because it's like, what should I be looking for? Like, in the back of your mind, what is your end goal? Is, is your end goal, hey, I should be with this person forever? Is your end goal, I should find out if this person is the one? Like, like should you be thinking about the future? So when it comes to your life, you're always thinking like, like your five, ten year plan. Is mm-hmm. that the same thing with relationships? Should you go into the mindset of like, hey, five years? Um, I am not. I mean, I do not. If I get married again, um, if I find someone again, then my hope is that that's the person I die with. Like, that is my hope. But I think it's also important to acknowledge that, like, there's risk. And you can't live life without taking risk. Right. The risk is you meet someone and you're completely de- deceived and or they change in a way that you didn't expect. Like the, 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 the there's a stark contrast between dating and, you know, what I mean, after um, like you put the ring on and they become somewhat different. Like th- there's there's risk. Um, I don't think it's worth thinking about that much like you just have the information that you have and you do the best that you can 
And at some point you're like, okay, like I am happy with you. I think that's it. I, I don't know, you know, and again, this is, I'm saying this with also with the mindset now of we like me and this hypothetical other person have to have a conversation about kids, mm-hmm. right? Like, do we want to have kids? How do we foresee living our life? What are our dreams? Let's get as aligned on as much as we can before we take, take a leap so that, you know, we're, we're de-risking, right? We're, yes. well, we're, we're having these conversations and it doesn't mean that we've solved it all and there's not going to be other shit that could potentially ruin us, but like, let's have as many as we can think of. And which is why the more relationships you go through, where the older you get, in theory, the more you can kind of figure out before, you know, things go on too long. Yes. And I feel like if, so let's say you're in a relationship, your iron point comes up and you're like, all right, I'm going to look for the opposite in my next relationship. You should still be vigilant that you don't fall into the trap where you're like, oh, the grass is like, kind of like the grass is greener on the other side. Mm-hmm. So and you're meet someone and you're like, all right, they're pretty cool. And they say, hey, yes, I would like to start a family. And you forget about all the other issues that they have because you said, oh, I finally got the thing that I wanted for so long. And so it's like, yes, um, have the talk, have that vetting process because you may get the one thing that you have always wanted. And then you may allow, that may force you to allow a lot of other things that you usually didn't allow um, mm-hmm. in your previous relationship. Yeah. I think, I think there's levels to a relationship. And I think when you first start dating and you first get to know the other person, like, it's just about having fun together and enjoying each other's company. And it really shouldn't be a whole lot more than that. It should definitely not be an interview, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But then as things progress, things should be getting more serious where you should be thinking like ahead and be like, Oh, well, like I'm spending, you know, spending all this time with this person. Where is this headed? Like, I think that that is a reasonable thing to ask and if you know you're like if you know you're like this isn't really headed anywhere but i like the company i like the affection then you know and and you're like and if and if i have that serious conversation it'll be obvious that we're not compatible you can you know that's that's a that's a choice i'm not gonna i'm not gonna pass judgment right like mm-hmm. you, you, you 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 can keep that going and stay happy but also knowing that you're like well um unless you're okay with, you know, looking for somebody else while you're in a relationship, which again, trying not to pass judgment, but it's generally like morally not acceptable. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Then um, yeah. Like, like you just know, like at some point you just, you just know, you're like, this is, this is the one, this is not the one. And you'll either be deluding yourself or whatever, you know, like, I don't know. So yeah. Um, there's this idea that the person will grow into the person you want to be. I think it's nonsense. Don't get me wrong. Like people do change a lot and people do grow a lot, but if that's the game you're playing, they're always playing catch up to you. Yeah. So I don't know. (laughs) I'll like, I've been thinking about, about it a lot, but I don't, I don't know. I wish I could live this life several times and then, (laughs) And then review all the options, review all of the choices. 
Um, moving on topics. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's see what else I have. Uh, uh, let's see what we can talk. Any new podcast you listen to? And I'll talk about one I uh, heard with Mark Bell and Andrew uh, Huberman. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say Andrew Huberman has been amazing. I wa- uh his. So I already told you about the dopamine one. His one yeah. about fear uh, and trauma was phenomenal. Phenomenal. Um, I've shared that with. Uh, uh yeah it's it's highly recommend that episode um but uh yeah why don't you go what 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 was the what was the interview what was the conversation like that you so the one i yeah so the podcast i listened to was by uh mark bell power project project um so mark bell is a power lifter turned bodybuilder he is openly uh enhancing on performance enhancing drugs um the whole shebang um so if you don't mind me interrupting for a sec i've noticed that's a trend like more and more um fitness people are coming out and being much more open about all of that well yes and steroids about andrew is he also likes to lift and he also talked about how the use of performance enhancing drugs isn't as like taboo as we should mm-hmm. think of like because the mindset is like oh you're using it to cheat in cheat in some type of sport mm-hmm. um or something like that um but he was talking about like different types of ways to increase your testosterone um naturally as you age um and the benefits of that as you age um as yeah. you get older um so his uh talk was with mark bell and some other guy um the only it was very interesting it was more on the humor side uh just because mark bell isn't like one of the scientific folk but um but it was great um the biggest thing i took from it was um they talked about um how we breathe and how that can affect your performance or perf- uh affect with what hormones are released in the body mm-hmm. um so he talked about uh nasal breathing and how if you want to clear your co2s uh if you want to clear co2 in your lungs you need to do two inhales with a deep sigh so it's like like something like that um mm-hmm. so he about the effect he's like yeah it's not pretty but um so he in that um podcast they were really talking about the effects of um testosterone and breathing techniques for like lifting and life and so that's what i've been playing around with so like when i'm lifting now i try to breathe exclusively through my nose and it feels weird it's one of those things where it's like you you listen to these podcasts and they always teach you about these uh biohacking your body and mm-hmm. so i've been this and i'm like is this actually working am i going to be like superhuman now so what my question to you is when you listen to these podcasts that talk about uh, hacking your body and uh improving just like mm-hmm. being improving on being a human um do you take them with a grain of salt or do you say hey this is it this is what's going to make me better um, well, I want to touch on the breathing part specifically and like lifting. Um, mm-hmm. but, um, to answer your like question, I think the, the answer is neither. I don't take it as gospel and I don't, I'm not an immediate skeptic. I try it. I try it. I try it. I see if it works for me and then I move on. And there's a lot of things that I circled that like I've tried and it didn't work. And then I come back to it later. And I'm like, Oh, 
oh, okay, it does work when you fucking sleep. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, like, um, a lot of the things that I think the the crutch is that we can just do the hack and ignore fundamentals, mm-hmm. right? Like, ignore water, sleeping, and the food that you put into you. You know what I mean? Like, you get those right, and then supplements make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. So um so that's you know that's that's me that's my somewhat more matured approach to it all um but yeah i mean not everything i've tried has worked like i take the alpha brain nootropics Mm -hmm. uh, to be determined i've not been consistent enough to, to kind of like feel it out but what i can say is like um a lot of like the the hormone therapy got my mind sharp so it, it, it depends. I think we got to like do tests on ourselves. Um, all right. Sorry. I want to circle back for a sec. The breathing yep. and lifting. Yep. So um, every, every trainer I've ever worked with has criticized me on my breathing when it <laughs> comes to lifting, like consistently. Because the way that I've sort of learned how to lift heavy weight was largely by holding my breath. And, like, I've never been good at, like, timing my, you know, asthma or whatever the reason is. But, like, I've never been good at timing my breathing to the motion. That's been really, really, really hard where I was just like, look, I am just underperforming every time I do what you're telling me to do. <laughs> like, I'm not able to do the thing. Like, you're, the advice you're giving me is supposed to make this easier. It's making me, like, three times harder. Mm-hmm. Um, now the the breathing stuff i've really started to develop as i started running more so i switched to breathing with my nose because that was i'm sure he said the same thing on that podcast that he said on other ones which Mm -hmm. is that you ideally want to breathe through your nose and then when you have to you know breathe in through your nose breathe out through your mouth and then when you're really fucking at peak then you just just try to breathe (laughs) you just you know uh and I've been breathing through my nose um, when I run. And for me, it is a gauge of how fit I feel. Yes, that's that's how I use it when I'm lifting. So I, I like it's an, I don't, it's not a performance booster, but it does feel like a thing. The other th- trick that I've learned, not through Huberman, but from another podcast a long time ago, these two like ultra marathon runners is that when if you feel like you're out of breath when you're running um or doing kind of aerobic activity um the trick isn't to try to get more air in it's to push more air out so yes. like when i'm when i'm like oh my god i can't do it i can't go anymore like i go i just try to exhale as much as i can and then suddenly i get I, that does work for me like i get I get that whatever second wind well, I can he, go further. He talked about it in the podcast. He was like, your body reflex to breathe isn't because it wants more oxygen. It wants to unload CO2. CO2, yeah. But forces you to breathe again. And so as you're lifting, you're building up a lot of CO2 in the body that you need to unload. That's what causes the increase of breathing. And so you would assume like, yes, if you just <laughs> exhale a lot, <laughs> you should exhale that CO2. You know, what's what's really like, when you ask, like, do you just take 
what you hear the bi- the the biohacks or the life hacks and stuff like that like do you um, just take them on do you dismiss them um it, there, there comes a point where you start hearing the same thing from different people that don't know each other and you start connecting the dots and then you're like well okay there's got to be something here do you know what I mean? And so, like, I did, Andrew Huberman is relatively recent, right? The 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 podcast that I listened to about like the breathing out and the ultra marathon runners was like two three years prior to Andrew Huberman, and he he certainly does not know them. And both basically describing the same process, and I'm like, okay, this is he's just adding color to this other thing and making it make more sense. And I think that is, you know, if you need, if you're like, I don't want to take on every piece of advice I hear on the internet, like people are like, you know, fasting, do you try fast or not fast? Like, I don't know. Like, I think at some point there's like a tipping point where you just get, where you're like, all right, I'm going to try this. But. And we also can't discount the placebo effect of any of these biohacks because so he said, Hey, when you do this breathing technique, you unload CO2. It should relax you. It should clear out stress. Let's say it doesn't even do the CO2 part, but let's say in my mind, I think this breathing technique reduces my stress. Then, Mm -hmm. hey, go ahead and do it because the placebo effect of it should give you some benefit. If, if, if placebo like works, then it doesn't really matter that it's. Oh, it wouldn't be placebo anymore, right? I mean, who cares? Like, you can you you could say, well, if we did a if we did a study, then we'd find that this is clearly placebo, right? Because people would go into the thing skeptical. But if you our our bodies and our minds can like we can tell us like this is one of the things that I've learned so much from from Andrew. Um, what we tell ourselves really rewires our brain. It really, really, really does. Like. If you tell yourself good things about yourself, like he explained the connections of why that works. Like, and so if you tell, if you, I mean, there's so many examples. So there's, there's the phantom pregnancies. That's probably the most extreme thing I can think of where the woman thinks she's pregnant and she gets an enlarged belly and there's no baby. Like that is entirely the mind creating like physical reactions in the body. So if that's possible, then yeah, everything, everything that is a lot more subtle certainly is too, I I think. And if that works, if that works like that, that's like the type of medicine that might only work for you though. Do you know what I mean? And it might not work for another person. So I think this is where like religion, for example, works for a lot of people because it helps them manage their life purpose everything yes but if you don't have that belief it's it's not gonna it's not medicine that you can just take it's not like oh all i gotta do is you know it's gotta come from it's gotta come from some something um i I, I won't have another point to follow that with but yeah (laughs) um but yeah so that i listened to that podcast um i've been listening to just a lot of lifting things i've been trying to just so every time so like i'm a personal trainer i train people for a living 
and every like year or so my philosophy on lifting changes and so i always need to update my knowledge well and say like all right this is how i'm i plan to teach my clients going forward um and so yes that's most of the things i've been listening to how about you i i have something that's sort of relevant i don't know if you listen to joe rogan or how much of his stuff you listen to but he, he had the um a, a recent episode where he interviewed Peter, don't remember his name, but he's the knees over toes guy. That's his uh, like, that guy. Yes, yes, yes. Continue. And fast and and basically I mean, there's a lot in there. Very interesting. But like the biggest takeaway is that um I need to get a sled and walk and walk backwards. <laughs> like that's the biggest <laughs> takeaway. It's like this, he's like, this is the one exercise that you can do at any age, any fitness level, and it's impossible to overwork it. You can't get hurt. And like, here are the benefits and the benefits are absurd. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> where, where am I going to get a sled? Where am I going to get turf? But like, um, you have to listen to it if you haven't had the chance. Well, you wouldn't even need, you remember the sled we used to play with at uh, Sweat uh, with the TRX thing? We just tie a, uh, a weight to it. Mm-hmm. You could do that too. So like, if you just have like a rope and a weight, just tie yeah. it, drag it on the one of the things he said is like you want to try to have as little friction as possible which i'm really? not sure how, how you yeah how you achieve that and you just want it i get oh no it doesn't really make sense because you think weight weight friction like newtonian forces like it doesn't really make sense but i'm just repeating what he said um so he did he did mention that because they were like talking about like what you know how long how often they got into like specifics um but yeah i mean it's basically walking backwards like you can walk backwards on a treadmill you can pull anything in theory yeah yeah but interesting it's it's, yeah it's really interesting and then the other thing is i started listening to dr sinclair's podcast so he's the lifespan longevity guy um and there's just you know you listen to a lot of these like uh, folks from different fields and you start to get these intersections like the uh, knees over toes guy, for example, he's like, well, they've always, cause he used to try to play basketball and he fucked up his knee, had it replaced, figured out a way to get himself back to like being able to play, got a scholarship, went to college for it. And the, the way he did it was like, you know, reversing common knowledge and, having his knees you know um extended beyond his toes um his coach was like no you can't do that here like so like we're not because the idea was that if you're putting like when your knee goes beyond your toe you're putting pressure like your weight is supported by your knee and that was thought to be bad but you know he's like well but really what you need to do is you need to exercise that stuff you need to create adversity and and so like things get built up and they stay strong and etc and then you listen to like dr sinclair who's not talking about like muscles and joints or anything like that he's talking about um you know mitochondria and 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 your cells and talks about like why you should eat certain types of plants um and it's like the same narrative and so you get this you know like connective idea that you're like oh well is it then is this just a fundamental like principle of the human body just 
create adversity adversity in any way that you can in order to strengthen it yes well the body will adapt to anything that you put it through if you do it correctly and so the thing about the knees over toes guy his stuff may seem really weird because people are like oh my god like why are you doing your lunges like that but you think of it like this all right i know that once my knee goes over my toe pressure is placed on my knee but my body isn't fragile. It's not going to just break. And so if I build up strength in that range of motion, when I'm forced into that range of motion in life, like walking up steps, walking down steps, or when you're playing a sport, mm-hmm. I won't, my body won't succumb to the stress of that anymore because, hey, you have appropriately built up, built up the resource in that range of motion. Um, so that's something I always have to tell like uh, some of my older clients. Um, especially if they're women, because in Pilates or yoga, they're taught, hey, squat like this. Don't let your knees go over your toes because it will create pressure over your knee. That is right and wrong. Yes, pressure is being created in the knee, but we want that pressure. That's the only way you can build up strong knees. Yeah. Well, he says he, the the, uh, Peter guy, like, preaches that, like, that's why he's like, he loves the, the backward sled. Because mm-hmm. he has like seventy-year-olds and eighty-year-olds essentially do that. Like he tries to, and I think he maybe makes exceptions for some people as far as like. But he's like, it's just you can't injure yourself. You yeah. just the worst that can happen is you won't be able to move it. Yeah, because when trying to strengthen the knee, you so if you're trying to strengthen the knee, you need to make it move over those toes because hey, that's when the pressure is being placed on it. But some people are so old or their knees are so destroyed that any forward movement they will feel pain so the question is how do i strengthen this knee now and that's what the well not strengthen the knee but strengthen the quad which connects into the knee which which um shores up that whole structure and Mm -hmm. so the backward sled is that because as you're pushing off that sled you're working your quads and so we're getting that stimulus in the quad that goes down into the knee without any transfer or without any without that knee having to go over the toe because in those extreme cases any forward lean of the knee will be a problem so yeah uh that's why that's why we made you do that's why with some of my older clients we do reverse lunges Mm -hmm. you're sending your weight back now so there's no instance where that knee should have to come forward yeah i i've always struggled with lunges but my struggle with them well it kind of depends it's definitely there's definitely like issues in the legs but breathing is such a for whatever reason lunges just take my breath away (laughs) tire everyone out yeah um all right let's see what what other topics can we get into um any good anime or manga you have been into none none at all to be honest i mean so there's a new season of dota on netflix i did watch that it was good um i don't have like any glowing reviews about it it was entertaining um yeah i'd say like some tv shows that i finished no no anime or manga but um the expanse is over and i'm super sad i hope that somebody picks it up for the last three seasons but as of now it's over and it's such a good show so. How many seasons did that uh, have? So this was season six. Each one basically represents a book. There are nine books, so there should be there are three more 
stories to 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 end it. And unlike you know Game of Thrones, it's written and it's good, and people really like it. Um, there's potential rumors of them making them into movies, but then that's weird because then it's just like, well, you have to watch the whole show before. Like, it, it, you guaranteed to fail if that's what they do. Um. I don't know. I just I hope like Netflix picks it up or some shit. Like they're really fucking. It was great. Like the the this last season, beautiful effects. Like they went all out. The story is phenomenal. Really, really liked it. Um, and then I finally finished. So I I set up a little TV thing right above my treadmill, uh, yeah. which makes running super easy. <laughs> and I realized that like I can watch. So. I, got back to watching the foundation that's it's on like apple tv and stuff um because i get kind of like when like the divorce was happening um i just stopped because it was a show that we'd watch together um but i you know got back into it and oh my god it's fucking good it was really slow it was really really slow but like it is is a great sci-fi so i i have those two um Mm -hmm. that really come to mind how about, how about you? Was there anything that you've... Uh... So, right now, I have a few sci-fi things that I'm looking f- uh, looking forward to watching. Um, one of them is called... Hold on one second. While I pull it up. The Silent Sea. Um, some mission... It's one, of the for- it's one of those foreign shows, but they're doing a mission to Mars... The Earth is being destroyed by pollution, yada yada. The same. Mm-hmm. Um, looking for time to watch that. I've been watching uh, Euphoria with my girlfriend. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you heard heard of that show. It sounds familiar, but I'm not 100. percent What it's, What's the top? What's how does it go? It's not sci-fi based. So the one thing she she hates sci. She doesn't hate sci-fi. She just doesn't enjoy it. So right. it's just your standard. I would, I guess you would say coming of age show. So it's about these high school kids, but high school kids in the suburbs. So all they're doing is drugs and that mm-hmm. all this. And so it's very over the top, um, but it's, it's good because it's so suspenseful. You're like, Oh my God, a, a new twist, a new twist. Oh my God. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I'm looking to look, I'm looking to watch uh silent sea. There is, have you heard of lost in space? I have. I mean, I grew up with that movie that yeah. came out in the 90s, and then there's that TV show that, that's on Netflix. Yes. And I know they're on, like, new seasons. Three seasons. Um, yes. Yeah, so, like, I didn't finish season one. I watched a few episodes, and I didn't like the kid. He kind of annoyed me, but mm-hmm. they keep creating seasons, and it looks like a quality sci Like, I love quality sci-fi. That just is mm-hmm their universe um and so i've been wanting to uh finish this uh finish this show i just got to get over that how annoyed i, I am about it. <laughs> um so yes everything i'm trying to look at is all space related i have nothing else i i've i have one thing i have two things well first don't look up great I, if you haven't seen it did you watch that what was that did you so you you saw the movie don't look up yeah Okay. Yeah, it was great. It was, it was okay. great. It was great. I don't know. I had nothing like it was great. I think it's I think everyone that watched it thinks it's great. What um when you watch that show, if you're 
uh, I'll just say, if you're very, very liberal, you will assume that that story is for you. <laughs> you, almost, <laughs> you know what I mean? But like it, uh, you know, if you watch the whole thing, it is kind of ambiguous. It, and it's not ambiguous, but it just shows you like it's it's a idiocracy. And and that goes far beyond like like it's just the, the how absurd the whole thing is. Um, very entertaining. Uh, definitely makes you sad because <laughs> you're like, wow, this could actually happen. Um, but yeah, do you watch it yet? Or I have not watched it yet. I've been uh, just trying to find time to watch all these things I have in mind. Um, last so, watching oh, this show called uh, Archive Eighty One. I think I it is. I saw that. I'm refusing to click on it. So, <laughs> uh, so far. Uh, okay, so I love sci-fi, but I also love ghost things. Like I love I love scary things. Mm-hmm. And so it's one of those like suspenseful thrillers where it's like, is there a monster out here? Is it some type of demon creature? So it's good in the fact that it's a TV show and it's built it builds like scary suspense each episode. So like mm-hmm. like you're watching a like a horror movie. And it's like super slow, and then it gets to the scary part, and you're like, "Oh wow, I waited that whole forty yeah, minutes, and, and then it's and then it's over." I, I yeah. don't do well with those shows. Yeah, I and mean, then it's like you don't even get to see the monster. Yeah. So each episode is creepy enough where you're like, "What the f-? like?" Like I'm yeah. actually scared. I'm like, "What is actually happening here?" And so while it's mm, I, like maybe it's not too good where I would recommend it. It's something to have on in the back is like white noise and right. then check in every now and then. Yeah, I get it. Um, there was an, another show on Apple TV that was really like promoted a lot called Invasion and it had the same formula and I just, I couldn't do it. I was like, I, I'm here to see aliens. And you show <laughs> aliens in the last like five seconds of every episode. And so it got to the point where I'm just like fast forwarding. I'm like, okay, like, is anything going to happen? Yeah, so like um, this one is it's it's kind of like that slow build, but they give you enough where you're like, all right, I gotta watch this. Okay. Yeah. Um. So yes, that's from Netflix. My question to you about like media, what? So let's say you're going on YouTube. What YouTube series or channel have you stumbled upon that you're like, wow, this is awesome. This is like the best thing to ever be on YouTube. Oh my god! Well, I mean, again, Andrew Huberman is, is up there. I re- realize that's a podcast. Um, I when I scroll through my YouTube, it is a it is a weird mix. It's a mix of music. It's a mix of food. Oh, I just remembered what show I've been watching that I have to recommend highly. Um, but I'll come back to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a lot of math. Like I have, I've been diving. I've, I mean, this has been ongoing for like couple years now i guess but like uh i have a lot of youtube that i watch that is um so like last night i was watching i was trying to educate myself on how we create new materials in the world so Mm -hmm. like that kind of stuff fascinates me and it's and it starts with a search then you find some something that's really good and then they have a playlist and then i keep going yeah so yeah so that's actually interesting that you said, hey, I'm trying to like I'm learning stuff from YouTube because I was I was on something and the guy was like, we live in the best time ever because you can learn anything from YouTube. Like watch seven videos and you'll have more knowledge than anyone. You'll have more knowledge on a subject than anyone ever had in like 
like history. Maybe he was embellished on like any more knowledge than anyone in history part. But like, if you want to learn something, YouTube may be the place to search. Uh, it, it, yeah, YouTube is a search engine. YouTube is absolutely a search engine. Like, I yeah, I learn. Um, they, people people go on YouTube to be entertained. I definitely yeah. go on YouTube to to learn and find music that I can't find find on Spotify. <laughs> like that's that's pretty much it. But um, all right, I gotta I can't not recommend the show high highly enough. I can't believe it slipped my mind. Um, dude, Peacemaker. On HBO. Oh, is it good? Dude, incredible. I'm on the floor every episode. It is hilarious. If you go on YouTube, just go on YouTube and search Peacemaker opening credits, mm-hmm. you're going to fall in love. It, it, it's such a good show. I, yeah, and I don't, there's nothing to spoil. It's just, it's just that good. Like, you're going to, like, you're going to love it. John Cena is absolutely fucking perfect. You should probably watch that second Suicide Squad, but they do because it like transitions immediately from that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, <laughs> like a plus show, probably the best one I'm currently like. Like if there's another episode, I'm like, oh my god, yes. Hmm. I'll have to check it out. So my girlfriend loves all of the like spinoff superhero shows, so she has watched um, uh, Loki, Scarlet mm-hmm. Witch. Uh, uh, Captain the Hawkeye, whatever the Hawkeye, yeah, yeah. Is. Um, um, Hawkeye, yeah, Hawk, Hawk, yes, she has watched Hawkeye. Um, and so, so those, those are all Marvel. Have you guys watched, um, did you guys watch the second Suicide Squad, like the, the, the second one? That's the thing. I don't know if this will be in her ballpark because she loved those. Because, like, I didn't watch Suicide Squad because. Like I don't care about superheroes who don't have powers. So uh, no, these 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 ones do. You should watch. You should watch check out. Watch the movie. Okay. Watch the movie because John Cena is the same John Cena in that as he's yeah. in the show. You know what I mean? So in I think you'll fall in love. Uh, I think both of you will. And um, and then when you finish it and you're like, yeah, that was very entertaining. Um, start watching the uh, start watching this the series and it's oh my god it's so good it's so good i check i'll have to check it out it looks i like john i like john cena so yeah it's yeah. just it's, it's i like sometimes like you just need a show that just makes you laugh and this one this one makes me laugh so um yeah so let's see how long have we been recording for it's not bad yeah, almost, not- almost 90 minutes so uh yeah i don't know if i've got I've got some stuff that I want to get into, but maybe get into it next time. Um, I am exploring some startup opportunities ish. Okay. Um, there's some crypto stuff that I'd like to get into and have more conversations about if you're up for it. Yes. Well, can you give me a like? So just just give me give me a little taste because so what's going on in this world so crypto is one thing nfts are also crypto or is that it is yeah um it is it is complicated in the sense that it's not exact it's not that any one thing is beyond understanding yeah. it's that there are so many different things that it does make it feel difficult to wrap your head around yeah. so um 
I so if you're interested, I just uh, started a new book club for Soft River Coffee, and we're doing mastering Bitcoin, and then later on we're going to do mastering Ethereum, and then we'll do other stuff. So, you know, if you want to go like deep and actually understand how the stuff works, like you know, you can, and sometimes understanding those foundations makes understanding the other things that came from it a lot easier, mm-hmm. right? Um, so when we talk about crypto, crypto is usually talked about in terms of finances, right? It's more of like this money thing, like this token, and it has some monetary exchange value attached to it. And there's flavors of them. Um, so you know, you've, you've got Selenium, Ethereum, like XRP, um, Bitcoin and Dogecoin, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? And we just say, like, all of this is crypto. But um, a lot of the, there's, when, when I say Bitcoin, Bitcoin actually means three different things. It's the same word for three different things. For the coin, like, and for the network, and then for the um, um, for the protocol, if I'm not mistaken, although I might be mixing both network and protocol together, but that so you can have technology built on top of Bitcoin, and okay. you can you can have technology built on top of Ethereum, and with Ethereum specifically, not exclusively, but specifically, um, you can create. Um, different unique types of tokens like they things are very programmable within ethereum you can program rules like uh, if else rules and computational things and through that there's there's there are these ecr tokens one of them is a non-fungible token that is what creates nfts but you can have an nft uh the term minted so created on the Ethereum blockchain or on another blockchain. It's not exclusive just to Ethereum. Um, and, you know, how are NFTs used and what, what it's, you know, when we think of NFTs now, we think of it largely as art or collectibles, but yeah. it, it all, it means all it is, is it's this thing that is unique. So then you think about it, well, what things, would be nice if they were unique and if nobody had like if if you could pass ownership around as you want like there's no governance around it and that could be a lot of things that could be um um let's say this is like hypothetical um but let's say that you had uh a company issues out 100 of these very unique tokens. And if you possess one of these tokens, uh, the company is, uh, a, com- a company is actually doing this, is a wine company, right? They sell wine. And if you have one of these tokens, you get re- like, you get very limited top shelf exclusive wine, right? And the only way that you can get this, because the stock is very limited, is by having one of these tokens. And one day you decide that I'm good, I don't want, to have you know what i mean i'm good on this you go and you can take that token and you can sell it to somebody else right and now they have access to it um or that might be part of your 
inheritance that you pass down to your kids, right? So there's that kind of mindset. Um, it could be the unique ticket you use to get on an airplane. Like, I don't know if that makes sense, but like, it could be anything, right? It could be anything that you kind of want to hold on to that is persistent forever, bearing in mind that it is digital. But like, so much of our life is digital, right? So much of our assets are digital. Like, sure, we have like physical stuff, like in our house, like a table, etc. Right? But like, your yeah, access is is the thing that's kind of blowing up. But the other thing that's happening with like uh, that type of token um, is you imagine you're playing a video game and you get a sword and that sword has certain properties you can then and that you own that sword it's not you can then take that sword and maybe if you know the protocols match use the same sword or with you might look different maybe but like in another game right it's you own it like that is pretty cool and people are fucking around with music as well that's that's blowing up like crazy which is creating you know exclusive access creating um in yeah i mean in, inside access is what's most popular but people are getting very creative yeah so oh, i so my my only knowledge of like nfts comes comes from what i see on instagram mm-hmm. and it's always these like <laughs> these lavish stories like hey this kid made a million dollars selling nfts on this site and so it gets confusing because like all the nfts that i see are like art based and it's these shitty art. There's like shitty art. And it's like, so what is the actual draw of it? Like, um, I, I think, like I think yeah, I think with that, I don't, I don't understand it. Okay. Right? Yeah. I mean, when I say I don't understand it, it feels like hot potato. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like you don't want to be the last person holding it. Yes. Yes. But you want to keep bouncing it around and keep increasing the price and then, you know, and then cash out. Um, I but think. It, that it's very appealing for people who gamble. It's very appealing for people who are, who collect and resell sneakers. Like they understand that kind of space. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, that is not my strength. I, I operate against like fun, like f- things that I know are going to be around in five years. And I'm not convinced. Like it's an, it's an art market. An art market will exist, but like, you know, should you be going out there and buying up a bunch of art NFTs? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> like, but before, I'm not I'm not doing it. Yeah, before the whole NFT thing came out, my friends were talking about Ethereum and other sites. So like mm-hmm. my one friend does this thing called Top Shot for MBA, mm-hmm. where you are able to it's basically like collecting cards, but instead yeah. of like cards, you collect um certain moments in like history so like there'll be like video moments yeah the michael jordan whatever yeah michael jordan doing a dunk at this time on this person um and so he's into this top shot thing which is basically trading cars so that was like the first taste of like electronic Mm -hmm. trading and how um like the profit in that or like the money spent on that and then they went into <laughs> they went into virtual horse racing, and so yeah, Zed Run, right? Yeah, Zed Run. And so I remember one day they were talking about Ethereum and gas prices forever. And I'm just like, what the f- what the hell is that? <laughs> yeah, it's 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 wild. It's wild. So, um, all right, I don't want to. We'll talk about the horse racing and the Zed Run thing, like 
later. Mm-hmm. But I, yeah, um, yeah, we'll talk about that later. We'll talk about that later. I don't want to. I don't want to say anything that um will come to bite me later. <laughs> um, but uh, what's it called? Uh, um, yeah, look, NFTs are just like one part of this interesting space and okay. again like when you say crypto you think finances when you think nfts you think um uh, digital assets whatever yeah. right uh whatever or, or access and things like that there's variations of how they can be used um but there's also um contracts and things that you can that you can have and there there are there's some amazing fucking ideas floating around if you go to 1729.com, um, that is an idea for how you could have a decentralized government that is not tied to borders or location. It is fascinating. It is absolutely fascinating. So a lot of the, a lot of the stuff goes beyond um, um, money, beyond digital assets, beyond uh decentralized games which is what we're getting and like decentralized twitter and decentralized youtube those all both of those things now exist Mm -hmm. um where like people can't get canceled um the what's really interesting are some of those like other ideas like what this stuff means for for the world you know what I mean? And and that's you know maybe I'm being too much of a futurist around it but like given how things are going, it seems to, it seems to have legs. And I think that in that way, it's important to try to pay attention as much as you can, but keeping in mind that right now, a lot of this is still plumbing. At some point you will wake up and like, they'll be clear. At some point you'll wake up and you'll read a website and like, how do I get, how do I get into whatever? But you'll be a late adopter, not like yeah. an early adopter. Yeah, and that, and that's it's like, should I be paying attention to this, or is just one of those like uh, pyramid scheme fad type things going on? The art stuff probably is, but I definitely think you should be paying attention. I, I think it's worth educating yourself. Gotcha. I'm not saying go spend money; just it is worth learning as much as you can, and and like. And there's no such thing as a stupid question and try to avoid getting analogies as answers. Like mm-hmm. try to try to like get real answers, not like, well, this is like X, Y, Z, like eh, that could hold you over, but like see, dig deep. Um, uh, but yeah, I'm happy to, fuck, I'm happy to do that with you if you want. Um, the stuff that has been, yeah crypto has been obviously like it it, right now it's slumping in terms of prices and whatnot but it's been fascinating web3 is going to be huge this year and the following um there's no doubt about it and i'm also exploring a couple startup opportunities and seeing if there's an intersect like i'm i'm very happy at my current job but uh, you know it's one of those things where i'm like should i be taking more risk in my life Mm. Um, and that's that's what I'm that's what I'd like to kind of dig into once I get a better feeling for how I feel about it um, maybe for next time yes 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 sounds good sounds good all right well I guess we'll we'll wrap it up I'll publish the episode uh super fun dude to catch up with you I hope to see you 
and Austin soon. <laughs> like, I hope you get, you guys make it down here. Um, it's a fun town. I think you like it. Yeah. So we have been, so our anniversary is coming up, our one year anniversary. And so we, we have been talking about, Hey, where would we want to travel? So I'll, I'll throw it in, into the, the hat, the hat of places to go. I, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to <laughs> get in the way of your anniversary. That doesn't fully feel right. But if it's, a, if you're passing through, um, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely let me know. Yes, I will. Definitely will. All right, man. You all, you have a great weekend and, uh, yeah. Yes. See you next time. Yep, you do the same. This was fun. And close out.